quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Oh, yes, guy. Episode 103, Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. And, Perry, let's do the uh, the weekly check-in. How are you this week, sir? I'm doing even better than I've ever been before. How's that, Jim? Well, that's impossible. I mean, I, I don't know how you could possibly pull that off, but glad to hear it. So do you want to uh, recalibrate that? You okay? I'm doing okay. How's that? I brought it down well, a shade or two. Okay? Yeah, a bit of a drop-off there. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> All right, coming up on the broadcast very shortly, Sandy and Enziata, Jack Armstrong. And our third guest is Taylor Prestige. He is a director and writer and has put together a film about Haley Wickenheiser. We look forward to that. And, well, you tell me he's a big fan, so I'm just going to leave that one alone. Uh, I'm not going not gonna to dive into that. If you are an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX Realty Services Incorporated Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call Charles at 647-292-8886 or contact him via email charlespark at remax.net. When you go to the fox40shop.com website, you will find the Fox 40 Titan, the Fox 40 Coaching Boards, Fox 40 Electronic Whistle, producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. Go to fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. Guest number one. Former CFL player, former CFL broadcaster, won the Grey Cup in 04 with the Argos and 05 with Edmonton, our good friend Sandy Annunciata. Sandman, how are you, sir? Yes, guy. What's going on, <laughs> Now, there's oh, an sorry, intro. Sorry, you, trade, you trademarked that. I'm not allowed to say that. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You can, you can say it. <laughs> okay, I can say it. Right. So what's new? <laughs> what's going on in, in the Sandman's world? Well, I'm still recovering from the, uh, the, the, the miracle in, in Regina by the Toronto Argonauts. What, a, what, a, what an incredible display. But I'll tell you this, I never doubted it for a second. Because you know why, Pat? We don't lose Grey Cups. The Toronto Argonauts just don't lose Grey Cups. Well, in, in, the, in the, the recent times, no. But there was a time when that didn't work out. But, but I, let's talk about that game. Because did it remind you of 04? Because this seemed to be a team of destiny. Oh, my God. If you look at the last, uh, I mean, other than the Flutie uh, Grey Cups, where they were you know, heavily favored and no one was going to beat Doug, um, every Grey Cup, every subsequent Grey Cup that the Argonauts have been in, we've been underdogs um, by, like, double digits, <laughs> if, you, if you go by Vegas odds. So it, it was very reminiscent. Um, it was reminiscent in 2000, um, 2012. Uh, it was reminiscent in 2017. I mean, these are teams that just weren't supposed to uh, win Grey Cups, but that just lets you know that if you can, if you can get into the Grey Cup, anything is possible. All right, Yes Guy Nation, I want everyone to know that Jim Taddy's line is Yes Guy. Sandy Nunziata's line is, hey, buddy. So how come you didn't hey, say, buddy. hey, buddy, did you? Oh, now you said it. Okay. Like, you say <laughs> well, this, you're on the, you're, Jim you're, the love right the on, so, Come yeah, on, buddy. Now i got to address you. All right. So I talked to you a few days ago. I told you, pinball, every time he's been in the Great Cup, he's won. He's seven for seven. Have you known any type of metric like this before? Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything the guy has been around. Uh, turns turns to uh, you know Grey Cup silver if you, if, if you want to use that vernacular. But uh, the, the guy is um, 
I mean, at the end of the day, I used to say this back when I was playing. I mean, how how can you ever let him down? Like he he just he just provides you with a lot of incentive and a lot of inspiration because he's such a good person that you never want to let him down. And if you're around him long enough, I think that's the mood in the locker room. That's the mood in the front office. And certainly if you look at, uh, uh, you know, the Argo staff, uh, they, they just don't want to let the guy down. And he's just a pleasure to be around and, and a pleasure to work with and a, a pleasure to play with, a pleasure to play for. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I call it the pinball factor, and you just never want to let the guy down, and anyone would run to a wall for that guy. And it doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, the record is 7-0 and in Grey Cup since he came on board. And Sandy, some people said when pinball became head coach, he didn't know anything about X's and O's, or that wasn't necessarily a strength, and yet a lot of people looked at him from the leadership quality. So can you tell me the difference between someone who could become the greatest coach is full of X's and O's with someone who's a leader? Well, I think at the end of the day, it's about trusting your players and, and trusting your coaches. And yeah, maybe Pinner wasn't the best X's and O's coach. I mean, he wasn't like a Don Matthews, but you got to remember, he came up to the Don Matthews system. He's been around the game a long, long time. Uh, and I think he recognized early on that, listen, if you're on this roster, you obviously know what you're doing. Uh, so that's never the issue. Um, and at the end of the day, it's let's see how we can get the best out of every individual. And I know when you look across a roster uh, from a head coaching perspective, you identify what each player needs to be motivated uh, and how they need to be motivated, whether it's a, a, a swift kick in the ass or, or a kind word. And I think that's Pinner's greatest strength is he recognizes the individual greatness in everybody, and then he knows how to individually get the best out of that player. And that's from a head coaching perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, in that 2004 season, his, uh, his, his, uh, his coaching debut, um, you know, I, I don't think he could have put a better person in charge of that franchise. Uh, we had just uh, gone into receivership. Uh, Sokolowski and uh, Cinnamon came on board and purchased the Argos, and they needed someone that understood uh, the CFL that understood what it means to win at the helm, and uh, they couldn't have picked a better guy than uh, than pinball Mike Clemens. So, Sandy, I mean, you, obviously, football is an X's and O's thing. It's it's a disguise your 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 playbook type of game, but but really, it, it's uh, it's connecting with the players and getting the most out of them. How, how would you describe what makes a, a really good coach? Well, like I said, um, I think at this level, and and and, and certainly in the CFL. There's there's nothing novel about any of the play calling. There's nothing novel about the defensive strategies. It's it's universal. It's been around decades. It's 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 utilizing the players that you have on your roster, recognizing where you're weak and seeing where you can uh, upgrade. That's 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 what a coach's job is. Uh, and let's face it, if if you don't have a strong quarterback, well, then you better develop a strong offensive line and, uh, and a good running game. So it's about identifying weaknesses, identifying strengths, and then making sure that you have play calling that, that matches that, those strengths and weaknesses. And um, I, I think that combined with making sure that your players are motivated and ready to go 100% on game day, I think that's what makes a good coach. Sandy, I wonder if you could look into your cerebral mind and, and answer the question, how can the CFL be such a crazy, crazy league that somehow defines itself in, in these 
in incredible ways. And yet when it comes to the Great Cup, the Great Cup sustains itself. Wow. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of everything, though. Uh, so when you look at the Grey Cup, I, I mean, you're talking about uh, a day on the calendar that that traditionally has, has galvanized a country from coast to coast to coast, east versus west. Um, you know, you, you have your, 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 your colorful characters, uh, you know, all across this league and, and certainly across decades that have kept it, you know, front and center. And I'll tell you this much, you, you have great uh, sports writers and sports casters that, uh, that, that love the game and, and, and really push it out to the general public. I mean, yourself being included in that, Lefko. Um, well, thanks, you know, man. Uh, Taddy, you know, the, the, these, are, these are important moments. And, you know, the CFL, it, 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 it tends to get lost in some of the other sports on the North American landscape, but that's okay. It's, it's something singular, it's something unique. And it's something that has to be preserved and uh, protected. And uh, I think if the media does their job uh, and the fans show their support, then the CFL is going to last another 200 years. Well, and you never know how a game's going to end. And so let's go back to the, the most recent Grey Cup. And, and the last three minutes of that game are, uh, I don't know how to describe it, they're wacky, aren't they? Yeah, they all are. And, uh, you know, there was a great line that they came out with, uh, I think, one of, one of five or six years ago, you know, no lead is safe, right? And that just lets you know that if there's, if there's two minutes on the clock, man, you could, you could do a lot in two minutes. You can score a lot of points in two minutes. And uh, then at that point, it's about creating heroes. Uh, so uh, you, you look at uh, Robbie Smith from Laurier, uh, who goes from, you know, goat to hero uh, in the span of probably, I want to say, three minutes. So that's what the game is about. It's about stepping up at your, at your, uh, at, at your most, uh, uh, you know, vulnerable moments and, and, and making sure that uh, you get a chance to become a hero. And uh, that's what uh, the Toronto Argonauts did to a man. Whether it was Chad Kelly, whether it's Enoch Mwamba, whether it's uh, uh, Robbie Smith, you know, these guys all stepped up and uh, they, they, they did something uh, to, to, to turn the course of that game. And that's all you, that's all you can ask from your, from your players. You know, Sandy's coming up to the holidays. A lot of people are looking for gifts. I'm wondering if you could make a case for a men's clone called the male, which you introduced me to several years ago. And in particular, the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. So the male is probably the greatest scent uh, ever, ever, ever put on the market. And uh, you know that firsthand, Lefko. You know, you're a LaMail guy. Yes, I am. <laughs> well, you got to talk to Taddy. I don't bottle, think Taddy's man. a LaMail guy, though. Taddy has a no, not a cologne guy at all. Taddy's oh, more man. mahogany and leather. <laughs> Leather-bound books. <laughs> I have many. I have many leather-bound books. <laughs> That's right. I didn't say one or two. I have many. <laughs> so, I mean, you could look at a Grey Cup game with the unique perspective of having played in Winnipeg and, and Toronto. So when you're watching that game, what happens to you? Do you, are you, you? I mean, you can't lose, can you? Oh, my God. Let's put it this way. The dark days of my, of my CFL career. Uh, were spent in Winnipeg. And, and that, that's not a reflection on the city, on the fans. The city are incredible. The fans are incredible. Uh, the organization, it's just a solid, stable organization. But, you know, my, um, you know, my analysis comes from, I think we won uh, three games in two seasons under Jeff Reinbold. Um, and it was, uh, it, it, was, it, it was my introduction into the CFL. And literally... 
uh, when you go from a, um, a losing program to a winning program, it's a breath of fresh air in your career because you understand that your career is only so, the window is only so, so, so small, right? And uh, you, you want to make sure that you're on a contender and that you're on a team that can, that can compete and possibly win a championship. And it just wasn't there in Winnipeg. So, um, I mean, that's my experience in Winnipeg. And now, every time I see the Bombers and uh, I see that they're enjoying success, you know, it's, it's a feel-good story for me. I'm happy for them. But again, um, you know, I, I got a lot of great friends on that, uh, on that Winnipeg coaching staff, Mike O'Shea, uh, Jordan Younger, um, you know, Paul Lapolis when he was there. I mean, these are guys that, uh, you know, we made our bones together in the league uh, with the Argos. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had a lot of great memories and a lot of great times together. So I'm happy for those guys. I'm, I'm thrilled for those guys. Uh, but, um, you know, this one, this one is special because it was, uh, it, it was spoiler. And I don't know. I mean, I just kind of always love that underdog spoiler role. And, um, you know, other than the Edmonton Eskimo dynasty when they strung together five in a row, um, you know, which was just an incredible feat, this was an opportunity for the Bombers to go, you know, a three-peat, which is pretty special in pro sports. And, uh, hey, they couldn't get by the Toronto Argonauts. So that's, uh, that's a story in itself. Well, Sandy, if they ever do a remake of Grizzly Adams, do you think of Michael Shea starring in it because of his, his great cup beard? Well, the beard and his uh, North Bay mentality. I mean, this guy, this, this is a North Bay boy. So, you know, you, you I mean, I, he's like the liver king, right? You leave him out in the wilderness, he'll be fine. <laughs> He'll find his way. Uh, Sandy, just update your file for us. You're, you're consulting in government relations, public relations, crisis management. Yes, yes. So uh, obviously you segue out of the sports career and uh, you get into the public sector as, a, as, a, as an elected official first and uh, now out of, out of uh, politics. And uh, I'm on the other side of the curtain uh, in uh, government affairs, government relations, public relations. And, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's that situation where, um, you use your relationships and your influences to um, basically make politicians do things that they wouldn't normally do. But it's for the good. It's for the good of uh, a community. It's for the good of uh, it's for the good of a province, and it's for, it's for the good of the nation. So uh, I'm happy, and uh, things are going really well. That had a heavy tone to it there. When you make politicians do what they don't want to do, I mean, what does that mean? <laughs> well. Uh, Sometimes they need uh, either a, a, a kind word or a kick in the ass, right? I mean, let's go back to the pinball analogy. Uh, so I think, you know, all elected officials want to see, um, you know, the, the best outcomes for their constituents and for their community. And sometimes they just need uh, to be pointed in the right direction. Sandman, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. And my pleasure, guys. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, love the show. And uh, keep talking sports. Can you give us a yes guy on the way out? Yes, guy. Perfect. I love that. Thank you. Hey, buddy. Goodbye. (laughs) If you are an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX Realty Services, Incorporated Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call Charles at 647-292-8886 or contact him via email, charlespark at remax.net. When you go to the fox40shop.com site, you will find hockey products like the Fox 40 Calm, Fox 40 Super 4 CMG. Don't forget to pick up a copy of the 40 Ways of the Fox. Ron Foxcroft's inspirational book for new entrepreneurs and business veterans alike. Fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. 
Welcome back to Yes Guy, the radio show. Jim Taddy and Perry Love go with you. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. And check out Fox 40's new premium whistle, the Fox 40 Titan, and a sleek titanium body. The Titan emulates the authentic sound of the Fox 40 Classic. Available now in titanium gold or matte black. Go to fox40shop.com. Guest number two, no introduction needed, Jack Armstrong. Jack, welcome. How are you today, sir? Hey, Jim. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Yourself? All good. I'm excited. And uh, the holidays are just around the corner, so uh, I'm, I'm fired up, ready to go. You're fired up, and I know Perry is fired up to meet you, so Perry, jump in. Well, first of all, I want to say hello to Jack. It's the first time we've ever talked. So, Jack, I have to know, get that garbage out of here. How did that whole thing come about? Uh, growing up on the schoolyards of Brooklyn, and uh, guys would say some pretty nasty stuff to you when they blocked your shot. And uh, so I was about to say one of those things on the air when a Raptor player blocked a shot. And then I said, well, you know what? That's probably not a good idea because this is a family show and I need to keep the language clean. So I inserted, uh, rather than an adjective that you would use in the schoolyard, I I inserted garbage in there as well instead. And uh, it just, it's kind of taken off from there. So (laughs) it's, uh, it just comes from uh, growing up and people being pretty rude and aggressive in the schoolyard. Well, Jack, you're doing commercials. You're going to be singing some songs. Um, your character has really progressed. And you ever step back and go, like, I can't believe I'm doing some of these things. I never thought any of that would ever happen. Uh, you nailed it. <laughs> exactly. I feel that way. Um, uh, you know, it's a different career I have now compared to when I was uh, a coach, an aspiring coach. Uh, here I am. I'm in my second career. I'm in my 25th year of that career, and uh, I love it and I enjoy it. And uh, basketball has brought me so much joy in my life from the time I was a kid at seven years old, picking up a ball, playing basketball in the schoolyards of Brooklyn, and then uh, coaching, and then obviously uh, now broadcasting. Uh, I, I pinch myself sometimes. I'm, I'm very blessed and very fortunate. Uh, to do what I do and uh, to be working with some incredible people. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I say that a lot. I think, you know, as you, as we all know, we get so busy in life, uh, we don't spend enough time reflecting on things and particularly counting our blessings. And, uh, you know, I'm a runner, so I enjoy being out. And when you have that quiet time where you're 30, 40 minutes by yourself and you're you're out there, uh, a lot of times you're able to think about different things and get your head clear a little bit. So, yeah, no, and, and uh, you know, music's brought me joy and Christmas brings me joy. So the idea of doing a Christmas album and uh, doing this for charity, obviously the MLSE Foundation and Special Olympics Canada, uh, the album and the concert that we have coming up. So it's been a lot of fun. Okay, so let's go through the Christmas uh, music album. Uh, Hello and Happy Holidays. Uh, what you know? What are the songs that you chose to be on this, and, and how did you feel when you were doing them? Uh, Jim, it was a lot of fun. I mean, these are kind of my favorite songs. Uh, you know, I'm obviously White Christmas, Silver Bells, Happy Holidays, 
you know, have yourself a little Christmas, obviously the, the, the serious ones like Silent Night. And then, of course, uh, the fun ones like Jingle Bells and uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and obviously Santa Claus is Coming to Town, all those ones. So to me, it's it's just a, a fun uh, thing that I did, and, and again, for a good cause. And then we did two uh, narrations as well. I did the famous one, I can't remember the year, I think it's 1898, 1897, where this little girl, Virginia O'Hanlon, writes a letter to the editor of the New York Sun and asks about the existence of Santa Claus. And uh, it's a very famous letter, as we all know, that's uh, been uh, you know published in papers all around the world on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And then, uh, and then the other one we did was kind of a fun basketball version of Twas the Night Before Christmas. So uh, I'm not trying to act like I'm Bing Crosby or Perry Como or Andy Williams or anything like that. I'll never be in that category. Uh, this is more of a, a an enjoyable, fun, uh, for, you know, and, and the, you know, the, I do the best I can doing it, and it's fun, and uh, I love doing it. I love Christmas. Jack, the way you come across on television is very likable, friendly, a, a type of guy you want to have a beer with. Is that the way you are, you know, away from uh, the job, or is, is, is the job that you do just basically you're the same person away uh, from the court and on the court, as it were? Yeah, I think you got to stay consistent, right? I mean, uh, people people could read uh, people a mile away, and I, I feel pretty comfortable. You know, what you just said, I think that's probably the most important thing to me is that if people feel like, hey, that's a guy I'd like to have a beer with, then that's kind of pretty represent, representative of kind of who I am. And I, I'm, uh, you know, I try to be real. I try to be authentic. And uh you know, what you see is what you get. And, uh, you know, I'm sure sometimes I go over the top uh, when I'm on the air. Maybe I'm overly enthusiastic and all that. Uh, but I have fun doing it. It, it, it. And you know what? I mean, as, as, as both of you know, I mean, this is sports. I mean, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to uh, dissect world problems and, uh, you know, do all these incredible things. I'm just a basketball coach who happens to be now a broadcaster and uh, I love what I do, and it's fun. And, uh, you know, I, I just I try to be myself, and uh, it, it, I hope that's good enough. So tell me about when the Raptors won the championship. What was it like being there? Was it kind of like an out-of-body experience because you saw it so close? You knew all these players. You knew all the people connected with the organization. Yes, that's exactly what it was. You know, it's funny you say that. Um, you know, we were on live television probably for like an hour, hour and a half after the Raptors won in Oakland in 2019. So you're so busy working and trying to tell the story to millions of people that are watching on television. Uh, you don't have time to kind of reflect, uh, but it, it felt like an out-of-body experience that like when you got off the air, you said to yourself, oh, my God, the actually the Toronto Raptors are the NBA champions? You know, you think of this expansion franchise and the NBA moving to Canada and one of the teams not making it in Vancouver and uh, people having doubts about whether this thing could happen or not. And uh, to, to actually, it was amazing. And then going to the parade and all that, it was just, uh, I'll never forget a few days after the Raptors won, I'm in Toronto and I'm out for a morning run. And it's this guy running by me with a T-shirt that says Toronto Raptors 2019 NBA champs. I'm like, 
actually, this thing really happened. <laughs> so uh, it's it's fun stuff. And Jim, obviously, you were front and center. You were part of all that as well. We worked together for many years with TSM Radio. So uh, you were around that, and you you've seen it firsthand. It's uh, it's magical. It it is, and, and it was a magical run. I mean, when you go through those those four rounds. Uh, with the series on the line, they did what they had to do. They got better by the series. So I guess the, the question that comes out of that is, at what point in that final series did you think it could happen? Uh, when they won uh, games three and four in Oakland, uh, there was no doubt in my mind, you know, being up 3-1. And think about the fact that during the regular season, they won uh, in, in, in at Golden State as well. So, uh you you know after after getting out of the building uh, in game four and being up three one, then you're like okay uh, this could happen and obviously came back and lost game five um, and that was a big disappointment but nonetheless I think it made it that much sweeter um, anytime you win on the road I've always found from my experience. Um, there's, it's just amazing when you – it's harder to win away from home. And honestly, when you win, it's more fun with the fact that you did win away from home. So the fact that they had already won three times in Oakland during the season going into game six, you know, you say to yourself, is is uh, the odds in your favor or are they working against you now? You know, nonetheless, I, I, the, the, the first half of game six was about as intense a game I had seen, uh, and probably one of the best uh, first halves I'd seen. You know, they just played. Both teams just laid it on the line. It was great. I have to be honest. Uh, I learned something in that, that entire run, and, and that is that I think that because we're used to teams that don't win, that you tend to overanalyze the reason why they don't win. And then when they win, you see that the, the play actually just happens. It works out. And so there's there's really no judgment when you lose. I mean, there's that, that long list of things you go through as to why the team didn't didn't win or, or failed to advance to where you thought they would. But but actually, it, with the game on the line, the play just didn't happen right. And th- th- that's what I came away with it, uh, I came, came out of it with. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. And uh, uh, you're right. I think we overly dissect when teams lose. And actually, it's pretty simple most of the time. And on the other hand, um, we don't dissect enough, you're right, uh, when a team wins and get into the whys and hows. The cool thing that I do, obviously, is as an analyst compared to being a a play-by-play guy, uh, my job's, uh, you know, the two most important words for me is why and how. And that's my job every single night when I work a game is to, to educate viewers or when I used to do the radio as an analyst, uh, educate the listener on why these things are happening and how are these things happening. Um, Frame it, give you a gem, give you a teaching point, give you a point to ponder and reflect on. And um, that is what an analyst does. So to me, it's, that's the fun part is that uh, whether they're winning or losing uh, night in, night out, that's what you do. And you break it down and you try to uh, engage in uh, intelligent basketball discussion so people um, get, a, get a real sense of why it's happening and how it's happening. And at the same time, as you guys know, I, I, I try to have fun with it too because, again, I'm not, I'm not some diplomat or a world leader. Uh, I'm not that important. I'm just a basketball guy. So I'm going to have fun doing it as well. 
You know, Jack, during COVID, I was kind of fascinated watching you with your long hair, your long beard. And I wonder if you thought you were back <laughs> at Woodstock. <laughs> well, it was one of the, you know, it was one of those moments, as you guys know, I think a lot of people, as, as bad as things were, a lot of people tried to have some fun with things uh, to kind of keep their sanity. And uh, we were not able to be in Tampa with the Raptors. And we and even when things settled down a little bit, we were nowhere near the team. And uh, you kind of feel isolated sometimes. And yet it's show business. People are tuning in, watching on television, and you got to bring it. So uh, I just had, I just, you know, it was kind of like, you know, screw it. I'm, I'm going to have some fun and uh, I'm going to grow my hair and go, you know, go nuts and have a, have a good time with it. And uh, because, you know, and, and then, you know, you're calling games from a studio off of a television. That's no fun. And uh, so to me, I think you have a responsibility to bring energy and enthusiasm and uh, have a little fun with things and be lighthearted as well. It, 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 and unfortunately, during a very serious time. Jack, on the way out, let's uh, pump that live uh, performance of your Christmas music. When is that and, and how do people get into it? Well, a, a few things. Uh, the album is out, and uh, again, all the cha- all the, the proceeds go to the Bemelisi Foundation and Special Olympics Canada, and um, so folks can get that. We actually, guys, I'm sure you uh, maybe you guys have record players. Uh, we have vinyl, and that's going that's... great. People people love it, and that you can get it at ComedyRecords.ca, and then obviously all the cool kids that do the downloads, uploads, you can. Uh, upload, download the album at any of the major sites uh, that uh, folks have to get their music. And then uh, the concert is uh, next day, Tuesday, December 6th at the Danforth Music Hall. So uh, it's pretty intimidating. It's my first time ever doing a live concert. And, uh, you know, when people tell you, hey, you know, James Brown's played here and Gordon Lightfoot and Brian Adams and Justin Bieber, this one and that one, I'm like going, what am I doing here? <laughs> but uh, I'll be there next Tuesday night. I can't wait. Jack, thanks very much. All the best. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 734 3055 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Well, let's talk about advanced planning. Your life, your say, your tribute, and your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors, let's start a conversation. Visit turnerporter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, the radio show. Jim Taddy and Perry Left go with you. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to SafeBridgeFinancial.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Master your game strategy with Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to Fox40Shop.com. Well, uh, this next guest is a film director, director-writer of a film about Haley Wickenheiser called Wick. Also did a film on former Toronto Maple Leaf Richard Clune called Hi, My Name is Dickie, and his name is Taylor Prestige. Taylor, welcome. How are you, sir? 
I am great. Thanks so much for having me. And I must say, before we get into it, not only am I a lifelong fan of the Tap Man, Uh I'm also a fellow Mohawk College alumni. So it's a pleasure to be on with you. Oh wow, that's a, that's a, that's the daily double. I wish we had some sort of cheap sound effect to to make that resonate. Taylor, thanks for the mention. Um, let's talk, and we'll explore that as we go along. But let's talk about Wick. Uh, what what is this movie about? The the film, and, and you know, how did you put this together? And just take us through the whole exercise. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I mean, uh, I think most of your listeners will be aware of who Haley Wickenheiser, Doctor Haley Wickenheiser, is, and um, after the success of Hi, my name is Dickie, which was really well-received in COVID. I uh, struck up a friendship with a guy named Scott Moore, and Scott Moore is a longtime uh, sports media guy in this country who I'm sure you're well aware of, and he's now the CEO of Uninterrupted Canada, and he was interested in in, uh, doing a story with me, and he asked me what I'd be interested in. And uh, Uninterrupted Canada is a film production company that was founded by LeBron James and Maverick Carter in Hollywood, and... and, uh, Scott is heading up the Canadian arm of that, and they're developing some great uh, documentaries that are now airing with TSN and Crave. So, you know, it, it was kind of um, a funny time because it was in the middle of COVID, and, and all of us were not really sure how this was going to shake out in the media, as, as many of us were team non-essential. But uh, one day I was playing um, at my brother-in-law's farm up in Owen Sound, and uh, basically what he has is an outdoor indoor rink and up on the wall of the rink. And he has three little girls who all play my nieces and up on the wall in the rink. Um, as you remember in many rinks across Canada, uh, in the days of yesteryear, there used to always be a picture of the queen hanging up, but instead of yeah. a picture of the queen hanging up, there's a picture of, of Haley Wickenheiser hanging up. And I remember I was in there playing with these girls and, and I'm looking at the picture, and all three of the girls, it's their idol, but all three of them were too young to really be fully aware of, of who she was. And, and also simultaneously at the same time, she was in the news with what she was doing with the amazing Conquer COVID initiative with Ryan Reynolds and getting PPE into the hospitals and also was in the midst of becoming a doctor. And then selfishly as a Leaf fan, well, she's now the assistant GM of the team, but she was working as the head of player development. So for me, I felt like not only would her story resonate uh, for all ages of Canadians and, you know, sports fans around the world, but she's very much a modern day story as well with all the amazing things she was doing. So that's how it ended up coming to be. You know, Taylor, when you're going to Mohawk College and you looked at what would my life be like when I graduate or I move on from, this program was becoming a film director part of uh, something that you wanted to do at some point? You know, that, that's an interesting question. I, so I graduated in 2010, which is, uh, well, I guess coming up on 13 years in the spring. So it was kind of a, a, a weird time that was in flux for journalism. Cause when I enrolled in 2008, um, traditional journalism was really being challenged by the new wave of, of the media. So I always had an interest in movies and TV, but I was more interested in maybe being, you know, someone like uh, the tap man, you know, out there announcing games and, and, you know, uh, covering different beats. And so I started off really focused on written journalism. I was a sports editor at the paper, but I was filing, you know, AHL stories covering Bulldogs games for $15 a pop, but it wasn't till I would say my final year of journalism school, Perry, where we actually had a documentary school uh, or a documentary class uh, that studied specifically 
uh, Werner Herzog's Grizzly Man. And I remember thinking, well, this is an angle that I never really thought of. And simultaneously, we were learning to do a lot more camera work. And I was doing some community volunteer work um, in Dundas. And, and I created some promo material that helped them win Craft uh, Hockeyville. And so I was like, you know, maybe, maybe telling stories in video journalism. And, and this is at the age where YouTube was just starting to really take off. And I was like, maybe this is an angle that I can explore. And, and I'm, I, I'm sure glad I did because it's, it's, it's resulted in a career where I've gone from branded content and, and building out uh, stories in, in the CFL, NHL, PGA Tour, all, all across Canada, but specifically digital to now getting to tell long form uh, stories. So I'm glad that it's worked out the way it has, but it's definitely not what I uh, thought it was going to be when I first signed up. Well, you know, Taylor, that that was a fantastic answer because uh, you have tipped your hand as to who you are. I mean, you're in this course and and you're trying to figure out who you are, and but you can read, uh, you can see which way the wind's blowing. I mean, you you were able to read the changes in the industry, and that's really important to staying in the industry is to see which way the wind's blowing and, and either get out of the way or or lead the parade instead of being stampeded by it. I mean, that, that's a that's an impressive read on, on your behalf, I, I want to say. So what would trigger that, you know, that you could look at all this stuff and see that that wasn't going to work, but you had to do this? What, was there something there that happened or, or was that just your own own common sense? You know, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Jim. I, I've never been a great employee. So part of it was I, I was lacking motivation of, of climbing the rung of an industry that was, I, w- I won't say was dying, but was changing uh, by the day. So I was looking at my colleagues, or I should say my classmates, and what they were doing as they were coming out. And, you know, a lot of them were working unpaid internships um, and, and working, you know, working their butts off for, and I felt like they weren't necessarily being compensated and, and regarded in the way they should be. And also at the same time, they were doing it in environments where they were, there was no job guarantee at the end of what they were doing. So what I, what I looked at was how could I, A, make a few dollars and B, B kind of take, take the wheel of my own destiny. And, you know, there was, there was obviously some risk involved in what I did, but I was a young guy. I didn't have kids or a family then. So I, I thought, why not, why not chase after it? And I was supported by my, uh, by my family. I mean, I had to work summer jobs and, and whatnot to, to pay the bills for the first few years. But by the time I was 23, 24, I was, I was able to make a career out of it. So, you know, Taylor, having written books and how hard it is to take an idea and getting it uh, moved forward. And so far as the, uh... Wick, how were you able to convince Uninterrupted Canada to take a hold of the idea? And also you mentioned the other day when we were talking just about the sponsors that became involved in the project. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, we were really lucky. Uh, well, first and foremost, so Scott Moore and Vinay Vermonti, who are the two who run the company, both felt that they that Haley embodies the type of story that they're looking to, to tell. Um, and then furthermore, uh, Haley's management team and her sponsors, which are Canadian Tire and Gatorade, which have sponsored her for, I think, Gatorade since 2005 and Canadian Tire since 2013, they were both willing to help in whichever way they could. So we kind of had a little bit of a perfect storm happening in that sense. The biggest trouble we had is Haley was willing to do it-ish, um, but trying to work within her schedule and work within the parameters of her world. Like she's working 12 hour days as a doctor, sometimes overnight, leaving directly from the hospital and going right to the Maple Leafs practice facility. Um, 
So trying to work within that was challenging. And oftentimes when we'd have things booked, you know, there'd be COVID outbreaks, there'd be stay home mandates. It was, it was definitely the most challenging project of my career, but they say, um, you know, the, the things that work the hardest uh, at are, are the most rewarding. So in that sense, I'm, I'm really proud of, of how it came out. Well, and, and what a subject. I mean, Haley was a, just a fantastic hockey player, great hockey mind, and a doctor. I mean, this is just a, a stunning story of, of accomplishment, and you just absolutely salute her. What did you learn about her that maybe you didn't know? Um, you know, understanding her complete humility, I think I think hockey players have a proponency to be uh, – you know, always say, you know, at post-game interviews, oh, the team did this, the team did that. But truly understanding her humility and, and what she does, that's her expectation, um, to me was was the biggest learning moment for me in the process, education moment, I should say. She she truly is not in it for herself. She believes in, in giving back uh, as a fiduciary duty. You know, when they, for example, just – a small tidbit in, in, in a library of, of examples I could give you when they went to name the rink of her after her in Seanovan, Saskatchewan, where she was born and raised, she refused to let them call it Haley Wickenheiser arena. It's now called, I believe Wickenheiser family arena. That's just one small example of the things that she does. And for a lot of people who, as you'll see in the film, she travels around the world and she, she does the incredible, but expect, to be considered among the uh, she she expects nothing less than to be considered a regular citizen yet all she's a, she's truly a superhero so for me that was the biggest thing learning her insane amount of humility and, and the place where it comes from is truly from her heart and not in it to you know for any sort of selfish reason so taylor this debuts december 19th on tsn then goes to crave we'll have to have you back in another time to explore the tatman and mohawk college thanks very much <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, gentlemen. All right, that's Taylor Prestige, the film director, and the the latest film is called Wick. And again, December 19th on TSN. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMT SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGD and go to SafeBridgeFinancial.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Well, let's talk about it. Advanced planning, your life, your say, your tribute, and your way. Turner and Porter, funeral directors, let's start a conversation. Visit turnerporter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, no guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the official edition of Yes Guy, No Guy and Yes Guy, the radio show. Could it be more official? No guy. Go ahead, sir. Canada's performance in the World Cup was disappointing. Um, I'm going to say no guy. I, I think it was uh, sort of an entry level thing. Just happy to be there, but I, I know where you're getting, uh, what you're getting at. And, but I'm going to say no guy. How about yourself? I think it was disappointing because a lot, of, I think a lot of people had false expectations of what Canada was going to do. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I get that. Um, yes guy, no guy. When the Argos get in the gray cup, it's a lock. They will win the gray cup. No guy. It's only a lock when pinball Clemens is with them because Pinball is 7-0 in the Grey Cup when he's a part of that. Yeah, that, that's a phenomenal record. Go ahead, sir. It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. 
Um, yes, guy, it is because it's December. Uh, so let's just go on from that to this. It takes a lot of onions to borrow a Chuck Swirsky line to do a Christmas concert if you're Jack Armstrong. Yes, I think Chuck Swirsky has onions, but Jack has, well, he's got bigger onions. Okay, is that okay? Is it okay to say that? Well, I- well, you just did, so I guess we're good to go. I want to thank everybody for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed episode 103 of Yes Guy. Hope you come back next week for episode 104. Yes Guy!